Moses and the CIA? I'm Moses, Ken Mosesian. And like my ancestor, I'm all about training individuals, teams, and companies how to lead. Now, I've joined forces with the CIA. I'm Dan Crum, known as the CIA. And I can help you win your best deal every time through my sales training, the CIA method. Join us as we talk about topics of life and business from two unique perspectives. Hello, Ken. How are you this fantastic evening? I'm so excited that it's evening. It is evening, Dan. I'm doing fantastic myself. Thank you so much. Well, I would say go, but I want you to just wait. What is that all about? Well, it's something we're we're a bit uh, skilled at right now here in Arizona. Our uh, midterm elections, as anyone in the U.S. knows, were was last week, and uh, we still don't have a lot of results. And it got me thinking about what it means to wait patiently and without anxiety not just for election results, but for anything in which there's an indeterminate answer where we're called on to just hold off. And how can we not be anxious in the midst of something that can be anxiety producing? In other words, when we want to force an answer, when we want an answer to be a particular way it can cause a lot of anxiety, whether in politics or at home, in your personal life, at work, doesn't matter. The dynamics at play are all the same. And so what do we do to navigate our way through times like these when we don't have the answer that we're waiting for? And I was thinking too about this uh, trip I took a few days back and being at the airport and hearing 20-minute delay, and then 20-minute delay, and then 20-minute delay, and trying not to be anxious about it, knowing that literally there is nothing I can do. There is one flight out. Uh, the plane will leave when it leaves. I'll be on it. Uh, I'll make my connection, or I won't. And, and that's literally it. But what I felt myself being thrown to was all the whys and wherefores and blame. How come they didn't plan for this? Why couldn't they foresee that there could be a problem with weather and do something? I didn't know what. There were no solutions. There was just you know, some anger and upset and questioning about why we couldn't have the answer the way I wanted at the moment that I wanted it. I wanted to board the flight at that time. I didn't want to wait. I didn't want to speculate. I didn't want to think about what if I have to get a hotel and spend the night here. What if the flight's delayed until morning and then connecting flights don't exist until mid-afternoon? What am I going to do in terms of work? What am I going to do in terms of getting back home? And yet the fact of the matter is, much like these midterms, we got to wait till the last ballot's counted. And that's all there is to it. And so in the midst of that, what I came to was this, that the best I can do is acknowledge what's happening in my mind, acknowledge the upset, 
acknowledge the anxiety, step back from it. And that's the place that I found some peace. And during that flight, that was the same thing, the same process that I followed. I didn't try to deny it. I didn't try to accentuate it. I simply acknowledged how I was feeling and the fact that I could do nothing about it. And that my patience, my waiting, as you began this segment with, my ability to wait in peace was the thing that was actually going to bring some calm to the situation. So my favorite prayer by far is the serenity prayer. And for those of you who are unfamiliar, it is mainly attributed with 12-step programs like AA, Alcoholics Anonymous. And it's something that they say at the start of these meetings. And it's simply asking God to help you accept the things that you cannot change, change the things that you can, but having the wisdom to be able to know the difference between what you can and can't change. And um, I, I see it all the time. So in coaching people, I see them talking about the past a lot. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. I hear it all the time. Like, oh, only I'd like, take it a different path. If only I'd known that sooner. I wouldn't have done, you know, it's like this living as if. And um, I have a model of the DeLorean for Back to the Future. And I always point this out. Anytime I hear the coulda, woulda, shoulda talk, I always point out to people, I say, look, that is my favorite movie, Back to the Future, even though I'm wearing a Top Gun shirt, if you watch the video. But, um, and in that movie, obviously they have a time machine. They can go back and they can change what happened. And then when they travel back to the present, they can see how things were changed. But in reality, if we want change, we have to just wait. Change does not happen quickly. The most common thing that people ask me for in hypnosis by far is for like some magic. They're literally like, can you help this happen in one session? And I always have to reset expectation that please be patient, just wait, right? Because anything good never happens quickly. I give this saying, I say, you can obtain a lot but it's more difficult to sustain, right? There's a lot of things that you could just like, oh, I got it. That was so lucky, right? But like, how good is it if you can't sustain it? What we really want are the things that were worth the wait, right? I like this thing where you feel like you earned it, you deserve it. And that only happens with patience. So whenever you want something to change, don't wish you could go back and change it from the past. Accept the fact that you've got to put in the work and just wait. And eventually you're going to see the change. So just wait. You know, just thinking back to the flight again and what was happening during that time, like what was going on in my mind. And it's interesting that the very first thing, even as, you know, this is why coaches need coaches and why physicians need their own doctors and everything else. Um, in, in that initial moment, I was creating all those scenarios like I listed off. What happens if I'm if this flight doesn't go out tonight, if it's not just delayed, if I miss the connecting flight, if I don't get home on time? And then I started building all these possible negative scenarios. Um, what will happen with work? What will happen with my clients? Do I need to call them now? Do I need to make them aware now? So a lot of this is just our survival response. All this is, is us thinking about worst case scenarios. And we've talked about this, Dan, multiple times. Fear and survival, that, that always wins out in our mind initially, and it runs away with us if we don't 
have some self-awareness about it. And it's not like we're going to stop it because the reason we're here 30, 35,000 years after we first started forming tribes as humans is precisely because we were all about surviving. And that means playing out those scenarios and mitigating against them. And so that that very first step, just that self-awareness was absolutely essential for me. The second thing that I did was I just put in my my earphones and um, I started listening to some calming music. And I found that that really, really helped me. And the third thing I did was just to focus on breath and slow it down because there was, I, I could feel adrenaline being pumped through my body with every scenario I created. And by just slowing down, taking breaths in, slowly releasing them, having quiet music on in the background, recognizing that this kind of a response was actually a good thing. It got us here, but it wasn't serving me now. Just those three simple steps, self-awareness, some quiet, calming music, and deep breathing really helped me to move through that moment. So I traveled this past weekend and had a very interesting thing happen, which was we were seven hours away. I was with two of my brothers and a friend. We were playing in a golf, like just outing. We had planned rounds of golf. And after one of the rounds of golf, we stopped off um, to grab some drinks. And as we come out of the store, um, my brother who was driving turns the car on tries to shift it in gear and the shifter will not work like it will work as if like uh it'll shift but it's not shifting into gear or just moving and um of course the natural reaction is to be frustrated and mad and i was trying to get him to just be patient right like and i have this mantra i say over and over to myself it's like i'll find a way i'll make a way i'll figure it out right it starts with the serenity prayer first obviously like this is something I felt that I could change. And so I analyzed the situation. What I looked at was the fact that this was a Saturday night and oh, we looked up stuff. All the places like the car mechanics and stuff were closed. Um, we tried some of the things that we first thought were the issue. Long story short was, amazingly, I was able to find a YouTube video of somebody that showed what potentially the problem was. And I was confident enough to say, let me just go ahead and try. I was able to borrow tools from a person and it looked as if I was taking this car apart, but all I was doing is just following something that somebody else had put in front of me. And after a couple hours, I literally was able to quickly, sorry, fix the problem, even though it wasn't the permanent fix. It was enough that enabled us to literally drive these seven hours this was yesterday, home with this. And then my brother was able to take it into the dealer today and get it fixed. Um, in that situation, had we just waited, we would have been waiting 48 hours um, because I would not have had the confidence to say, this is something I could probably handle on my own. So in some cases, don't just wait. Have some ability to think, if other people could show me how, maybe I would give that a try. Maybe I'll go for that. And that's what I have this belief in myself. It's like, I'll find a way, I'll make a way. I'm going to figure this out. And I think like somebody's got to figure this out. And they did. They put it online. I always joke with my kids. I always say, if only there was this place you could go that had the answers, what you're looking for. Of course, I'm talking about the internet. 
if only there was this place where people like posted videos to show you how to do stuff you don't know how to do. And of course, that's YouTube, right? These places, these people have done these things, hopefully to pay it forward, right? They want to make money too, but you get it. It's like they want to show you. So in some cases, don't just wait for someone else to save you. Have the confidence to step up and figure it out. A little curveball there, Dan. Just wait, except in some cases, and then take it on. I like it. I, you know, I think the the cool thing about this conversation is that uh, there there isn't a black and white to everything. There isn't an always do this no matter what. We're human beings. Every situation is different, unique, and it gives us an opportunity to evaluate those situations and to think critically about what can be done. In the situation you described, that that's amazing and, and a perfect solution. In the situation I was describing with the airplane, I fought the temptation to, uh, to, to force my way into the cockpit and to fly the plane. Uh, I, I just thought it wasn't going to go well for anybody. And, and thankfully, thankfully, uh, my common sense prevailed. And I didn't do it. But I, I love the notion of a little critical thinking in the middle of all of this. Uh, what's going to produce the outcome that I want, right? And in some cases, it just is that. I simply have to wait. I simply have to be patient. Um, I have to focus on this moment here and what could arise in this moment. Um, I'm reminded of a story um, talking about flying, it's just a, a, a tragedy. Some people may recall a DC-10 uh, in Chicago. This is a couple decades ago. Uh, they were uh, the door had closed. They were pushing back, or they they had disconnected the um, um, the jetway. And this guy ran up to the 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 rep at the counter and said, "Can you just? I, I got to get home. My wife and my kids. Can you just reconnect?" And let me on. And, you know, he said, I'm sorry, the, the regulations are super clear. There's no room for, for changing in this case. It's disconnected. They're pushing back. They'll lose their slot if they don't take off. And then it's going to be hours and hours throwing everything off. Um, he watched as the plane um, barreled down the runway, lifted off, turned to its left, and then completely inverted crashed and killed everyone on board and uh the the and god rest their souls horrible horrible incident horrible thing to be watching but it shifted his life like for good he got clear on like this this rush and this this space that he was in of it has to happen now it has to it has to be now it has to be the way i say and realized that had they reconnected that door, um, there was a there was a critical failure of a bolt that had secured one of the engines. Um, he would have been on the plane and never would have made it home. And and so you know, it's just to me, it was a it was a cautionary tale about the rush that we always seem to be in, and the lack of patience that I think has been cultivated over time. Um, by social media, by the way we interact with each other, by, you know, when Twitter first started, 140 character communication back and forth. Um, our attention span, uh, as my husband who taught 
elementary school for 35 years used to tell me uh, has been reduced to about, you know, the kids, kids' attention span now is that of a gnat. It's just not there. And he saw the change over three and a half decades. And, and so I, I think um, your extraordinary situation and ones like it notwithstanding, there is something virtuous about being able to wait. There is something virtuous about patience. There is something virtuous about being able to recalibrate in that moment and say, all right, this is my setting for the next X amount of time. I'm going to make the best of it right now. Maybe that means to take some time in quiet. Maybe it means to call a friend. Maybe it means to say hello to somebody next to you who's also anxious and to calm them down. But there's always opportunities in the midst of any of those situations to do something good. So many of us have what I call conflicting beliefs and the, the beliefs that we have, which live in our subconscious mind, drive our behaviors. And these two conflicting beliefs that a lot of us have are uh, phrases or sayings, whatever you call them, that is good things come to those who wait. So our, our title today, just wait. But the other one is he who hesitates is lost, right? So they're conflicting beliefs because it was a, it would be as if there's an opportunity right in front of you. And the person whose stronger belief is he who hesitates is lost. It's like, I got to seize that opportunity. I got to go for it. Because if I don't, someone else is going to take that opportunity from me or won't be available later. They almost have that, that scarcity mindset. But the good things come to those who wait is that patience that we're talking about today, right? It's almost this belief that there's a lot out there. There's abundance. And this, I don't lose out if they, I don't seize this opportunity because there's a lot more where that came from. There's another thing. What's right? Well, it's subjective. I don't think either one is right. But what's interesting to me is a lot of people come to me for hypnotherapy and they ask, they talk to me about procrastination. Can you help me with my procrastination? And what I identify in talking to them is that they have attached themselves to this patience thing um, where they're thinking like, huh, like, and they start to doubt their own decision-making. They start to go like, I don't know what's right anymore. And they lose this like sense of being able to take action because they're always thinking it has to be perfect action. They're like get this perfectionism mindset. And then they start to doubt themselves and then they don't know what to do. And then, so they do nothing and they think it's a motivation issue. But one of the books that really inspired me is the most simple book ever for this, which is Mel Robbins wrote a book called the five second rule. And literally you can read it if you'd like, go support her, but I can summarize it for you right now. Simply what she says is if you're struggling to find the motivation to do what you should be doing, right? You're procrastinating. You just say five, four, three, two, one, go. And just do it. That's the most simple thing ever. But she's saying you don't leave room in your mind for patience. You don't leave room in your mind to contemplate and wonder and doubt, right? You're not trying to make things perfect because I've had this analogy that I think is true, which is if you have two people who start at the same place and they're working towards the same outcome, the one is a perfectionist and just tries to make the perfect plans. And the other just goes, this person will massively beat out this other person because there's also a saying I'm full of these tonight, which is how to make God laugh. Tell him your plans. Plans never go as planned, right? So you're better off just saying five, four, three, two, one, go and going. So I seem to be taking the side tonight of lack of patience. Don't just wait. Five, four, three, two, one, go. 
And the person who hesitates does lose. I'm going to take the opposite side, Daniel. <laughs> and uh, as long as we're, we're throwing out sayings, I'm going to refer to the, the rock band Rush, um, who I had the privilege of seeing in concert, Neil Peart, best drummer on earth, dear God in heaven. He was amazing. Um, there's a song called Free Will. And one of the key lyrics I remember is, if you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. And so we often forget that. It's like, I choose yes, I choose no. I choose not to decide. I choose not to take action. That's a choice. That's, in fact, action, right? And, and we, we neglect that. We neglect looking at that. We think we're stuck somewhere, but we've actually made a choice. I think the win comes when we can actually live with that and say, my choice is not to make one. That's, that's what I've decided. I chose this the song's called Free Will. I will choose free will. My free will says, ah, I'm, I'm not choosing. And in and of itself, that is an active choice to, to take that on. So I would, I would submit to people, first, listen to the song Free Will by Rush, because it's really great music, um, especially like the guitar licks and the drums at the end. But that notwithstanding, be okay with whatever choice you make to take action, to not take action, to say yes, to say no, to wait, to go. They're just choices. And they will, regardless of what you choose, advance you to whatever is next. And that's going to be the most important thing. And if you're excited about our next episode, just wait. Thank you for listening. To learn more, check out MosesInTheCIA.com. To learn more about Ken Mosesian, check out Mosesian.com. To learn more about Dan Crum, check out DanCrum.com.